Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen. Check them out on Instagram at shamrocksun.com and also newly available on Amazon. This episode is also brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the ultimate, the premier, the best auto detail service in Bucks County. Check them out at menardpremiumdetailing.com on Instagram, on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Now let's go. Welcome back, everybody. It is Thoughts in the Shade, episode 41. I believe it's episode 41. Uh, We're down to four teams in college basketball. We've got a final four filled with blue bloods. Um, but first, we got to talk about the slap heard around the world. Um, but before that, let's check in with Bomb. Bomb, how was your weekend? Not too bad, G. Just a, uh, a good buddy of mine, a wedding uh, up at uh, Ellis Preserve, Sweetness. Big shout out to Sweetness. He's in, in Antigua right now. Feet up. You know, not dealing with the snow squalls, but uh, yeah, good wedding. How about yourself? How was your weekend, G? Not too bad, man. Um, lucky for me, ha- had a weekend off from from the significant other, and and I don't say say lucky uh, because I don't enjoy the time spent. Um, but you know, you get you get to do a little bit more to yourself. So we had a few rounds of golf. One was good. One was not so good. Um, got to watch all the games. Nine and three heater Thursday to Sunday, so look out there. Um, but I did want to address one thing from the weekend, and and being away from the significant other now, she was away on a bachelorette party, and you think you got the weekend to yourself, you're not paying for any dinners, uh, oh no, or doing anything in, in that regard. You know, maybe a lighter weekend on the wallet, should I say? But uh, I don't know if you've experienced this at all, uh, you know, with your lady uh, or, or anything like that. But now I'm noticing as as she goes to these bachelorette parties that there's this new craze or fad or idea uh, that these girls dial up a, a fresh Venmo account for the bachelorette parties and they're posting it all over the social requesting a Venmo, buy drinks for the bride, buy drinks for the bride. So uh, needless to say, it, wa- it wasn't a lighter weekend on the, on the wallet, or at least as light as I thought it would be. You know, I made, I made my, my contribution, my donation. Hang on, hang on a second here. You contributed to the, the bride slush fund? Yeah, I did. Oh, you're a pussy. I mean, that's just so bad. <laughs> I mean... I guess it is. I, I I I wanted to run it by. I didn't think I'd get thrown under the fucking bus. Well, let me ask you, what was the contribution? Let's hear the dollar amount. Wow, you're going there. We ha- we have to talk etiquette, folks. All right. So, what would you say is a fair contribution? How many people in the bachelorette party? I, it wasn't very big. It, she's been on one before. I would say there was 15 to 20 girls on that one, if I had to guess. This weekend, I would say maybe 8 to 10 to 12, somewhere in that range. 8 to 10 to 12? Uh, I mean, and now, your significant other, where is she in the bridal party? Is she a maid of honor? Is she a 
I don't understand. I mean, I don't think she's in the wedding. I don't think she's She's not even in the wedding. Not in the wedding. Let me tell you what the etiquette would be here, G. It would be for you to give zero dollars. Wow. Zero dollars would be the etiquette. Uh, The only time I would consider giving money would be if my significant other was the bride to be or potentially the maid of honor. And you are friends with the 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 prospective bride the bride to be yeah and at, and at that point we're talking anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks based on the numbers you're throwing around that would wow. be wow. the amount that, but that that's that's due to the fact that it's a it's a a closer relationship now what I won't condone is the creation of this slush fund I think it has to be run through the maid of honor she has to be the one that's responsible for for it. Nobody wants to see your stickers or your fanny packs with the hashtag and the at on it, the new Venmo logo and the new account. I mean, that's just my opinion. I think it's disgusting. It's a money grab. Uh, I'm against it, but let's hear what went down. So now I'm going to come off sounding like a cheap fuck um, because I'm groaning about a, a weekend that was light on the wallet. I sent $30 to the Venmo your thoughts I mean I mean I mean is that terrible is that complete complete no cheap no, no I I would have given zero I would have given none I would have given nothing given everything she's not even in the wedding your significant other's not in the wedding I, I don't I don't like these uh showy uh you know here's what we're doing here's our here's our hashtag here's our bachelorette hashtag now we got a fucking Venmo handle too it's not enough to have the Bachelorette Tracy's Trash in Nash. It's not enough to have that. <laughs> now we got to have Tracy getting a bag from Bomb and G. I'm sorry. I, I want to let our listeners know that you have violated the sanctity of being a guy, the sanctity of being a guy alone for the weekend, playing golf, watching sports. The contribution G should have been zero. Wow. I feel like you just like revoked my man card. So let's hear. I mean, were there other guys that you're friendly with who got shaken down by this by this third party Venmo? I'll find out at the wedding in a couple months. I'm, I'm gonna have to chat chat the boys up because it's not it's it's her friends. You know, it's not. I, I know her friends were acquaintances, but uh, and like I'm not I'm not tight with the guys. I know them from going to these events, uh, and, and shooting the shit with them there, but. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, I'll have to get the breakdown and, and get their thoughts at the wedding here uh, in a few months. Now, what happens to the Venmo after this weekend? That's a good question. Uh, I don't ask the question, man. I just, you know, I'm I'm playing golf. I'm watching sports. I'm drinking beer. I'm eating pizza. My feet are up. I'm making no efforts. You know what? Want wanted to have a good time. Throw a couple bucks out there. That that that's my thought process. Um, you know, contribute to the good times had. Man, I mean, where do we draw the line here, G? It's. Uh, I'll give you here. Here's what I'll give you here. I'll give you a, a parallel story. I'm on a bachelor party a, a few weeks ago down in uh, North Carolina, Pinehurst, and one of the gentlemen who would have been in the wedding. Uh, but couldn't because his sister was getting married on the same day. Also could not join the bachelor party due to the fact that he was within a week of his wife being due for the second kid. 
So I killed this guy all week. I murdered him. I killed him. I said, it's the second kid. Why aren't you on the bachelor party? It's ridiculous that you're even, you're even opting out. But the guy came through. And here's what he did. He sent bomb a Venmo for 200 bucks. And he said, since I can't make it, drinks are on me tonight for the boys. We had a small bachelor party, about six guys. So basically the, the money was doled out. We you know bought all these rounds of drinks came out of the bomb wallet, which was connected to the Venmo, and it was covered by this gentleman. His nickname is the Party Man, Party Marty. So that's how you do it. That's a guy who knows some etiquette. He opted out of the bachelor party. He couldn't attend the wedding. He he came with his hat in hand and donated the 200 for the boys on the bachelor party. But what, you're, what you got subjected to was a flat-out shakedown. It's not wow. like you were invited to the bachelorette party. You weren't. You're, I mean, your significant other's not even in the wedding. This is a new age. Is it Gen Z, G? Could it be could, Gen Z? Are these crop be. toppers? Could be. Crop toppers. These are the Simmons folks. The Wentzworth. And now we got to deal with the Venmo requests. Shut it down, boys. Guys, I'm telling you, don't do it. The Bachelorette shakedown. Yeah, I, fi- I figured, you know, 30 was, was enough to at least buy the the potential bride a drink and then you know maybe maybe a few others nothing too crazy knock it out you contributed you did your good deed and you don't even have to hear about it right you just you, you get to thank you you, mo- you you put your phone back down you continue watching basketball and hitting bets at an awesome rate like i did this weekend let me ask you something g you're on a bachelor party you're the you're the groom would you expect the bride to be this weekend to throw you 30 bucks to go have a couple Coors Lights? Hell no. That's the rule that I live by then. I'm sorry. Guys, I'm telling you right now, if this is something that comes up in your relationship, unless you're close to the person, then, you know, by all means, do whatever you want to do. But put an end to this. We don't need, first of all, the the new Venmo, th- the fact that you need to create a new handle for three fucking days, cut me a break. I knew you'd have some interesting th- thoughts on that, Bob. So just we just had to get your take. Now we know. Now we know. Don't get shaken down, fellas. Stand tough. Stand tall. And, uh, you know, just take your girl out when she gets home, which I'm going to be subjected to anyway. Bride Tribe, funded by G. I mean, at least give me credit on the T-shirt, right, that they're all marching around in. What was it? Tracy's Trash and Nash? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, enough on that. Let's. Uh, we got to get your thoughts on something else uh, that's a little bit out of our wheelhouse. Uh, I'm sure anybody who's anybody uh, with a heartbeat and, and on planet Earth uh, has heard in some way, shape, or form about the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock at the Oscars Sunday night. Uh, I, I didn't watch the Oscars. I believe I was asleep by the time the slap went down, but I woke up to a ton of notifications on the phone, text messages, tweets, Instagram, DMs, clips, you name it. Uh, you know, you would have thought somebody died or something serious happened, but now it was just Will Smith and Chris Rock uh, being part of a scene uh, at the Oscars Sunday night. So. A lot of people are asking the question, was it staged? Was it fake? Is it real? Um, I'm not sure what to think. I mean, like I said, I wasn't watching. Uh, 
I tend to believe that that most of this stuff is staged, is fake. I mean, when you look at the replay, you know, we break down a lot of replays and officiating on this podcast. Uh, when I look at a slow-mo replay, what happened there, you know, Chris Rock tells the joke. You got Will Smith laughing originally, looks over at Jada. Jada's unhappy. Will Smith flips the switch, struts up onto the stage, and Chris Rock is standing there with his hands at his side, and he's kind of like leaning in for it, right? And he takes he takes the right hook, the right hook slap, and, you know, he, he flinches or, you know, whatever. His head goes to the side. But the feet remain planted. The feet remain planted. So I was a little taken back by that because Will Smith is a bigger guy than Chris Rock. You would think he'd at least make him shuffle his feet there. And then after it happens, like, Will just kind of struts off with a little smirk, and Chris Rock, like, takes it like a complete champ. Says it's a huge moment in TV history. Um, I don't know. I, I I just can't bring myself to believe that that was like a hundred percent, like real. It was a thousand percent real. I mean, you say Chris Rock had his hands behind his back. He, it's not like he's expecting to go up there and get slapped across the face. He's probably thinking Will Smith is going to grab the mic and say something. You know, similar to Kanye, back in the day with Beyonce and uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. You know, I don't think he had any any idea that he was going to get smacked across the face, but the guy handled it like a champ. He's got a strong a strong jaw, strong chin. Um, I got to be honest, this makes this makes Will Smith look look terrible. Uh, the guy and, and his goofy wife have been putting out uh, books. Uh, they've been on the the talk show circuit for the past year and a half. They have her goofy YouTube show. What is it? Red Table something or other. I have no idea. And basically they talk about how, you know, this guy's getting cucked for the entirety of his marriage. And like, this is where the guy decides to put his foot down, like right here on national TV on a joke uh, as as uh, innocuous as that. And the only reason he did it was because he looked over at his wife and his wife was stewing. That's the only reason why he did it. Yeah, he was laughing at first. But the thing that the thing that bothers me here is. And I don't even know if I want to go there, but who are these punks that have to tie this back to Philadelphia? He's from Philadelphia, man. This is what we do. We stand up for our women, man. We knock these guys out. Are you kidding me? This is, they're making this into a Philadelphia thing. I saw that from some local personalities and I was taken aback. I mean, it was pathetic. It made them, it made them look so weak. And then he gets up there and he accepts his Oscar and he's crying. And, oh, Venus and Serena's dad was a tough guy, too. And so am I. I mean, I would have more respect for the guy if he just knocked him out with a closed fist, not a slap and then screaming from the front row. That's pathetic. I just can't like I'm kind of shocked that the show just went on and Will Smith was able to stay and receive his award and go up there and cry. Um, And just to get back to kind of the joke, like. The other reason I think that it's kind of fake, unless like Chris Rock had no idea, which maybe he didn't. I don't, I don't know what the relationship is They're like saying there. But he didn't. They're saying he didn't know anything about the medical condition. That, that's a that's a pretty, pretty poor taste of a joke, um, you know, for, for Jada and her condition. Um, so you, you would think that if he knew about the condition, he wouldn't tell the joke. So he, he, he must not have known. He didn't know about the condition. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Or maybe like 
he knew and that that was all all part of the deal I don't think so, dude. I mean, like, you think if it's if it's a full act, you think Denzel's getting off his ass and walking over there and giving words of wisdom? Yeah, but that's the whole other thing, Bob. Like people are so, we're saying this too. Like, oh, did you see the video of the guy sitting in the fucking top, and, and you can see Denzel and somebody else go over to console Will Smith? That would be like if I was sitting at Citizens Bank Park this summer in the upper deck, and uh, what's his face? Joe Girardi goes out to the mound for for a mound visit and says whatever he says to the pitcher and i'm up in the top row and i'm and i'm able to tell you what joe girardi said to the pitcher like that that there's no there's no proof that 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 is no extra piece of proof that oh they went to console him and and talk to him but i think it's just the whole thing's ridiculous i I really don't care that much it's just like the fact that no these antics can go on on like the brightest of stages uh, in our society, that this guy can get up there and smack somebody, and then stay in in the arena or in in the place, whatever the fuck it is, and then go up there and ex- accept the award for like best actor of the year or whatever, and and then be able to cry about it and talk about how he's he's a lover and all this stuff. Like these are the people we're supposed to be admiring and and looking up to and idolizing. I, I think it's a joke. I, I I couldn't agree more, and. Um... He seems like he's been off for a while. Like it just, he doesn't seem like the same guy. Will Smith used to be like the summer blockbuster movie star guy, like men in black, right? Like big movies, like fun movies, action movies. And like, I don't know if he's like method acting or what, but like, he's all caught up in his feelings. I don't know if it's his wife, his kids are goofy too. Like they're bizarre. Um, Maybe there's something in the water. We all know there's a lot of Hollywood freaks out there, but you know these two seem like they're off their freaking rocker. Yeah, t- just totally weird. And and that's that's kind of the last thing I'll say is like why I'm not totally bought into the whole thing is like these these people are actors, you know. The one thing I will say, he came out and apologized. You know, I guess the next day um, via. Uh, I guess it was Instagram or Twitter or whatever to Chris Rock. And, you know, I think that's a clear miss too. I think he should have leaned into the fact that it may have been an act. I mean, I, I would have, po- if I was Will Smith, I think I would have posted the, uh, you know, the men in black scene of him with the, the memory light, you know, that, that's how you, that's how you end it. Like, uh, Hey, how about we all just forget about this? Bang. Zzz. Yeah. We're, we're leaning into the fact that it was, the joke was in in really poor taste, and that Chris Rock is lucky you didn't knock him the fuck out. I mean, what you thought the joke was in poor taste? I mean, he could have said fifteen other things. I mean, I'm shocked. The reason why I have respect for Chris Rock in this whole situation, not only that he took it like a champ, but that he, being a comedian, you would think they're pretty quick, quick witted, and and have a quick tongue. Like, if that were you and I up there. It would have been like, you know, World War Three in terms of like throwing jabs at this guy about their marital situation. Like, buddy, this is where you draw the line on a G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> you really want to throw fists like let's go, pal. No, you're right. I, I hear that. And I'm not I'm not really taking sides on who was right and who was wrong. There's just there's just so much. So much that's bizarre about the entire. Thing that transpired. So. Everybody's getting their thoughts in on that. I figured we should as well. Uh, just 
something a little different, maybe a little fun. Um, but we got to talk some sports, right, Bob? Yeah. All right, so let's throw it over the hardwood. Um, like I said at the top, at the top, we're down to four teams. Uh, Villanova will play Duke uh, in the early game Saturday night, or Villanova will play Kansas in the early game Saturday night, and then we will get another matchup between Duke and North Carolina, the late game, um, the two games to decide who plays for the national championship on Monday night. Um, but we had another great act, uh, weekend of action, Sweet 16 round, Elite 8 round. Uh, any takeaways, Bob, any thoughts um, or notes kind of from the games across the weekend? I mean, Nova keeps chugging, but the takeaway here is, you know, we got on Fox and all the other broadcasters for the Shanahan stroke. What what they're doing with Coach K, the Coach K ISO cam is is disgusting. Clearly, my back bracket's blown up, but I thought Texas Tech gave them a hell of a game. And I'm watching the game. We're in the final two to four minutes. Texas Tech is taking the ball out in their backcourt. And Coach K is standing on the court in front of the player as he's reaching for the ball. I mean, is anyone going to tee this guy up for standing outside of the box? And every single shot, they're going to K, Coach K. There he is. There's Coach K. Every made bucket. Oh, every bucket. You know, it's like unbelievable. Um, Like just, just how much adoration they're giving this guy. And by all accounts, he's an asshole. So... This has been, I mean, nothing will make me happier than North Carolina beating the absolute shit out of Duke uh, this weekend. Um, I hope they do the same thing they did at that Cameron Indoor, his last home game. Are all the celebs going to be in the stands? I hope so. But, like, it's disgusting to see, you know, isn't it about the kids? No, it's it's all about Coach K. We got to. Pay our respect to Coach K. It's terrible. No, I agree. And they, you've heard about like the lean, right? Like the the officiating lean and and the lean of the NCAA try, trying to push K along. And you talked about the play along the sideline. There was another play late in that Texas Tech game where they had a a steal on a press, and I think they were still within one possession. Yep. yep. And the guy, the guy was not not touched. Like, I don't know if he just dropped the ball. I can't remember if, if the Duke player just kind of lost the ball or if the Texas Tech player got his hands on the ball, but he clearly lost it. It was clearly not a foul, and, and they blew the fucking whistle uh, in a matter of no time, and that put Duke at the line and really put the game out of reach at that point. It was disgusting. Um, you talk about the celebs being in the building. I mean, I'm just curious, like, if he loses Saturday or Monday, is, is – is everybody going to stick around like after the confetti falls for like the coach K lecture? Like, Oh, this, this wasn't good enough. No, I don't think we'll do that. The thing that I'm fearful of is like, if he wins at all, what he's going to, he's going to go into the opponent. Can you imagine if he beats North Carolina this weekend and then goes, has the balls to go into the UNC locker room and tell them how great they are and how great it's been competing against them over the years and how much respect he has for Tar Heel nation and how great their new head coach is and all the battles over the years with Roy Williams and Dean Smith. I mean, make me want to puke if you're a player in in the baby blue. So that's the biggest fear. I think if he wins it all, it'll be what a school, 
What a program. What great guys we have. And I can't wait to hand it off to John, one of our great one of our great players and now soon to be a great coach. It's going to be a puke fest. Yeah, no, ma- no matter what, if they win, it's going to be a, a complete puke fest. But I'm really hoping to see – I know Justin Moore's out, and, and that hurts the, the Cats uh, big time. But I'm really hoping to see Villanova play Duke in the final. I mean, I'll, I'll be completely fine if, if UNC beats Duke. I'll be, I'll be totally fine. But I think the picture-perfect ending for me would be for Jay Wright, uh, Sands, his, his best uh, overall player taking it to Coach K in the final to, to send him in the retirement and for the uh, the torch to be passed uh, from Coach K to Jay Wright as the best coach in college basketball. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's clear Villanova has to beat Kansas. If you think there's – if you think Bill Self has a snowball chance in hell of outcoaching Coach K plus the officials – in the national championship game with the amount of hype and hoopla. I mean, you got another thing coming. So Nova has to win the semi against Kansas. And you just hope and pray that UNC just absolutely throttles Duke. And uh, and they send Coach K to a, to an early retirement here. Yeah, let's hope so. But uh, on the Coach K topic, I believe we've got presented by Shamrock Sun. Another iteration of... Bombs bone pick of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, how else am I going to say this here? Like, this, oh, great, you're retiring. It's the final tournament. But, like, what is this new thing where we got to see him and his wife holding hands in and out of the locker room? I mean, I don't want to live in a world where there's another wife other than Nick Saban's Miss Terry. That's the only college head coach wife that anyone should ever know miss terry down in alabama and even saban isn't walking in and out of the tunnel locking hands yeah i was gonna say i don't even see her no you know what he does he gives her a little peck on the cheek when he comes off after a win that's what he does and then he heads the locker room to talk to the boys coach k is like stammering around with his wife they're both wearing the blue you know, the program and talking about the tradition, holding hands, walking all, all, all around. I mean, bring her down on the fucking court at this point and like let her sit next to him on the bench. It's disgusting. Yeah, I'm, the other thing I, I've considered uh, that I think is a possibility, uh, no, no matter what happens for Duke, win or lose, I got a weird feeling that like at the end of Duke season, they're going to have Coach K and his wife at center court, and they're going to bring in, like, a priest. Like, you know, especially if they play Nova, maybe he can – the chapel can come off the end of the bench uh, and help Coach K and his wife renew their vows as he co- goes into retirement. Yep. Yep. It's it's disgusting. No one wants to see it, and that's Bomb's Bone to Pick of the Week presented by Shamrock Sun. Always appreciated. Um, but, yes, speaking of the Final Four, we we put the poll out. Um, on Instagram to see to see who everybody's got winning the Natty, winning the Big Dance, uh, and the results are in. Thirty-seven percent voted Villanova. Still think they can get it done without Justin Moore. Uh, in second place, thirty-three percent voted for Kansas. Third place, twenty-two percent voted for Duke. And last but not least, North Carolina was seven percent of the vote. So. 
I mean, since we're here, we asked you guys. Now we're going to tell you guys. Um, Bomb, I mean, why don't you give us your picks for the Final Four and then your your winner of the Natty? I got a rematch of the 16 National Championship. I got UNC over Duke, Nova over Kansas, and I got UNC avenging that loss, beating Nova in a tight one. Uh, Cats can't get it done without more. It hurts, man. That hurts to hear. But I'd be pumped if UNC can knock off Duke. Um, yeah, I mean, I filled out my bracket this year in probably five minutes with mi- minimal research. Uh, I hit three out of the final four. I was a minute and a half away from going four for four. UCLA shit down their leg, and uh, that kid love on UNC was just dropping bombs on the Bruins. Um, but I like the Cats against Kansas. I think they can get it done. Uh, lo- love the points. Love the four and a half. Probably take them out, right? I think Bill Self is a joke. I think Kansas is kind of soft. And I, I just think w- with a week of time to prepare uh, and adjust for, you know, the absence of more, I, th- I think Villanova can, can definitely beat that team. Uh, you know, they showed their composure against a really tough team in Houston, really physical team. Although I was kind of surprised. Like, everybody kind of talked up Houston, and they were the favorite in that game. And, yeah, they were physical. They played great defense. But, man, they didn't really have any shooters or, like, anybody with much offensive skill. So um, it'll be a little bit more of a test for Villanova's defense in that regard. But I like the Cats. Um, and I, I got to stay with my bracket. I'm going to pick Duke. I think uh, I, th- I think the lean is in. The fix is in. We'll see it in full effect Saturday night. I think Duke beats North Carolina. And, uh, I mean, if Justin Moore was in, I'd, I'd 100%, and I'd feel very confident about Nova over Duke. Um, but because I picked it from the start, i got to stick with it. I got the Cats hanging another banner uh, at the pavilion. I got a question for you. When did you become a Nova honk? Yeah, I mean, I, I got that on the Instagram, too, in some of the comments after I posted my bracket. I mean, am I a Nova honk? I, I don't know. That, that that's up to everybody else just because i picked them to win the bracket and because I, i've been making money on them in the tournament I, I'm, a, I'm all of a sudden a honk i'm just i'm just quoting what some of the listeners are saying i mean i mean they're they're, they're the local team they're a great team i mean what's there not to like i mean every asshole in pennsylvania roots for penn state football and i'm not calling them a honk even though they don't have a uh, a diploma So I don't was, Penn State football. <laughs> yeah, you don't, but you, you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of people do, and yeah. and I don't, I don't, I don't watch. I don't really watch any college basketball during the regular season. I don't, I don't think most average people do. But here's what I'll say, Jay: If you're from Pennsylvania and you root for Penn State football, at the very least, you can say without a shadow of a doubt that you pay taxes in the state and you support the state university. Wow. I mean, what's what's the Villanova connection for Jay? I guess there is none. I don't know. I used to live in the city. I paid the tax down there, didn't I? I'm a, I'm an employee Uh-oh. of the city. Uh-oh. I'm an employee okay. of the city. Now the not a city school people are going to come out of the woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's got an issue because their their team's no good and whatever. I mean, I was watching Penn State through the Big Ten tourney. They they took Purdue to the wire. You know, they're they're on the up with Shrewsbury. So I'm not going to sit here and act like Villanova is like my number one team. I mean, if Penn State was in the Final Four, I'd be going fucking nuts. But 
I'm I'm just rooting for the local team. Who am I going to root for? Kansas, UNC, Duke. I mean, it's better than being a Duke fan. You got plenty of Duke yeah. fans out there. Yeah, you gotta you, you gotta root for it. At this point, you know, if Satan put together four bigs and a point guard to play against Duke, you'd have to pull for that team. So, in my opinion, whoever the hell plays Duke needs to be Duke. I agree. I think the last thing I kind of want to touch on in, in terms of college basketball, and I feel like this can apply to, to college football as well, but watching this round of 16 and round of eight, and you've got the Gonzagas of the world playing in the West Coast Conference or wherever the hell they play and winning 30 games every year and trotting to a number one seed. I mean, between them and Arizona, I mean, I mean these two teams are, are out West. They, they dominate all year. And the second that they play like one of these tough East coast or Midwest teams that, that, that can body a little bit. They, they just fold like a beach chair. It, it's pathetic. And I think the same can be said about college football. You look at the PAC 12, that's a, that's a completely soft conference that, that gets a decent amount of love. And then whenever you match them up with, with some of some of the blue bloods on the East coast, they, they get, they get smoked. I mean, do you have, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if you're a, a good ball player, you're going to Duke or Kansas or Villanova or somewhere in the SEC, Kentucky. You're not who, – who are you going to play for out west? I guess Gonzaga is the only real school. Um, UCLA made a Final Four run, but, like, it's not like they have been a uh, number one seed recently, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I think, like – the AAU circuit is probably tougher out here, right? I mean, even just look at St. Peter's making a run, right? Um, those are all guys that are local kids from the New York or North Jersey area. And there's there's a bit of a toughness that's built inside you when you play against, you know, better competition and tough guys from that area. It's the same way you, you could ask, like, why is it that all the Major League Baseball players come out of, you know, the South? Um well, it's because they play year-round and they see that competition year-round. So, I don't know. I agree with you. I think um, I think we're at the level now where we have to recognize that there's two tiers of uh, of of big-time gener- ge- uh, revenue-generating college sports, football and basketball. There's the haves and there's the have-nots. And I think specific to football, that's why I'm excited to see the, the expansion in the SEC. Uh, with Texas and Oklahoma, the rich are going to continue to get rich. The poor are going to get poor. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's clearly two different echelons of, of play. Yeah. And like I said earlier, like I'm not totally tuned in all, all year, especially on, on the college basketball, but as soon as the tournament rolls around and everybody is filling out their bracket and every guy on TV is picking their final four and they've got Arizona, they got Gonzaga and they talk about these teams that, oh, they're so tough and they do this so well. It's like, well, who the hell did they play all year? They, they, they played St. Mary's and San Francisco and uh, San Jose State. I mean, Christ, they, they, they didn't play anybody. And then as soon as they get a formidable opponent in the tournament, they, they lay down. So I just had to call that out. And, and we're an East Coast pod. So shout out to the East Coast, the tough guys out there playing hard-nosed ball. Um but I think that's all I got on hoops. Anything else for you there, Bomb? 
No, anybody but Duke. Anybody but Duke. And, and I, I do got a shout out. I, I've heard this on, on other podcasts and, and out there, but uh, it's been referred to this tournament as the Coach K Suck Fest. I got a real, real chuckle out of that. But, yeah, I feel like we we've kind of owned that, like with the Shanahan Stroke Fest and everything else going on with McVeigh. Um, so, gee, I don't know if you have any type of like intellectual property stuff going on at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, but you know, if there's a way for us to kind of trademark suck fast or stroke fast or any of the like, I think those are terms that that you've come up with. Yeah, we we might need to own, you know, start seeking legal action out there. But now, um, let let's move it over to to football. Um, Eagles signed that dude from the Chargers to fill fill a spot of linebacker, Kaiser White. Uh, I don't know how many years in he is, but I think he just kind of popped last year for the Chargers. So how he's bringing them in. Um, but but the reason I, I really bring it up is is we got an inquiry from a listener, um, wanted us to touch on something or or bring bring his thoughts to light uh, regarding Eagles GM Howie Roseman. So I'm just going to read. Uh, the message I received off verbatim and bomb um, will react thereafter. But uh, here it is. Can someone hold Howie accountable, not only for his mistakes, but how he can't own up to them and cut bait for what's best for the team? There is no way Rager or J-Jaw shouldn't be cut right now. He does some good things with the cap, but he handcuffs this team with lack of ability to draft, develop, or evaluate players. I'm sick of everyone sucking him off. Who? Who? We'll have to get on. We'll have to get on him for the trademark too, or for the uh, you know the patent. But I'm sick of everyone sucking him off because he pulls off gymnastics with the cap to get us out of situations he got us in because of his lack of ability to draft homegrown talent. Oh, okay. Right. Hold on. And I said, I totally agree. And I asked for context. I said, did anything happen in the last week or so that, that has you popping off? And he said, he's just li- listening to the local networks. And this, this, it is kind of a, a recurring theme in the offseason about the cap gymnastics of Howie Roseman. Um, but no, nothing in particular on context. Just that everyone thinks he is going to do great going into the draft. But we still have these chumps on the roster like Barnett. Like, what the hell are we doing? I'm stunned, okay? I'm stunned at these people that want to kill this guy. Okay? I told you, this guy should have been executive of the year for the heist that he pulled off with Miami, with uh, uh, Indianapolis. Did he miss on a couple picks, specifically Rager? Yes, he got cute. I think we can all agree, agree to that. But the good outweighs the bad. As for DK Metcalf, as for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, people forget, and they want to kill Howie. DK was not on their board. He was crossed off their board by the medical team. There were concerns about his neck and his spine. So I can't kill the guy. When your medical team says, do not draft this guy, can you can you kill the guy for not drafting the guy? I mean, kill the medical team, um, which we know they've had issues with. But... Everyone's so quick to look at receiver, so quick to look at, uh, you know, that position. But let's look at another position. 
left tackle. He was able to go out there and draft Maialata in the seventh round and had and they talk about not cutting bait with some of these guys. Well, guess what? It's not like how we forced any of these guys to play uh, Dillard over Maialata. The talent won out. So um, I, I just think these people that kill Howie. Now, I agree on the Barnett front, but I do have a caveat of that uh, with the Barnett conversation. Again, similar to Oduble. Why the fuck is this guy back? I don't need to see any more from this guy. But think of it this way. Uh, 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 Reddick, the guy they just got, the edge rusher, right? He is going to fill the role that Barnett played last year, and Barnett is going to fill the role that Ryan Kerrigan played last year. So move him down a slot. He can still kill you with those personal fouls. Uh, but I think this roster looks a little bit different than simply just saying, oh, they brought Barnett back. I think it does look a little bit different. They're not expecting him to play the same exact role that he played last year and prove that he couldn't do. So I don't know what to say to people other than to say that Howie Roseman delivered a Super Bowl in the wake of all of the turmoil after Chip Kelly. He wriggled out. Now, granted, you could argue him and Jeff Lurie got us into the Wentz situation. He wriggled out of it. They had the single biggest cap hit for one player in NFL history at the time last year with Wentz and they made the playoffs. Can we, can we, can we, can we tip our cap and, and give the guy a little bit of respect here instead of here? I'll give you one. Ready? The Daryl Morey suck fest. What does that guy fucking want? It's a fair question. Now, I mean, I don't know where to stand because when when I hear that from from our from our friend, the listener, I agree. But then when I hear what you have to say, I kind of agree too. But like, it just it just feels like almost like a like a Penn State situation. Like they're always winning in the off season and winning in recruiting, and they got they got this five star and they got the fifth rank class in the country. And the fall comes around, and they fall flat on their face. And the caveat, the difference is how we did manufacture a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning roster uh, in recent history. So you have to give them that. Um, speaking of Barnett, I, I wanted to throw this in too. Completely laughable quote from Nick Sirianni about Derek Barnett. He's tough. He's competitive. He's got high football IQ. He's got high character. He loves football. Man, I love Derek Barnett. I mean, wasn't there like a, a, a camera shot of Sirianni on the sideline after one of the roughing the passers or like offsides? And you can see Sirianni mouthing like, was that Barnett again? No, he said something like, it's always fucking him. <laughs> <laughs> I football IQ. Um I mean, what's he going to do? Say the guy's a fucking punk, bozo, asshole who can't, uh, you know, make a clean play to save his life? No, um, I, mean, I mean, we will. But, like, this is just, like, my whole thing in general and, like, the premise of, like, why we're here and, like, be, being a Philly fan and calling calling this shit out. Like, Nick Sirianni, like, I don't think you had a terrible first year. You're coming back. I don't hate you. And I know a lot of our fan base is dumb, but a lot of our fan base is also smart. And you can't say that kind of shit. Don't don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining outside. Well, let me ask you something about another part of the fan base. You get the like I I've been killing these Finsta accounts, these Eagles edits two one five, right? 
Yep. You got people on these accounts saying, thank God Derek Barnett's back. In my book, he's an eagle for life after what he did in the Super Bowl. Already? A fucking ball bounced into his crotch, and he put his two hands down and picked it up. Are you fucking kidding me? Are we retiring 96? Put him up there with Dawkins and everybody? He- He's an eagle for life for, for a ball bouncing directly into his breadbasket. But the guy who was the Super Bowl fucking MVP, we run him out of town, and you're told to go be a Jacks man? Yeah, kick rocks. No, it's – wow. I uh, I haven't heard that yet about Derek oh, Barnett yeah. being an eagle for life. Eagle for life. I'm speechless, dude. That's terrible. I just want to quickly address one, one move, the one big move in the league this week um, while we're here. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins uh, for a haul. I guess the Chiefs are kind of retooling a little bit. They got Ronald Jones coming in with CEH. They got Juju Smith-Schuster to go wide out. Uh, it sounds like they're, they might be targeting another wide out in the first round of the draft. Um, but I'm just thinking like – if, if Miami can get some quarterback play now, they got Tyreek, they got Jalen Waddle. He had an insane rookie year. They got big Mike Kosicki. I mean, if they can get some quarterback play, uh, those are some serious weapons. And after that trade happened, I'm scouring the internet. And lo and behold, I see Brady to Miami. I'm starting to see that rumor. And you think about the Bucs situation. I, I mean, I don't... Did Godwin sign yet, or is he still, like, in limbo? Isn't he out for the year? Well, he was out for the year. I'm talking about next year. I mean, we're not playing football right now. But I mean, you, didn't he tear his knee up in, like, week 18? Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Some of these guys come back. But regardless, like, you just think about the Bucks. Like, Godwin, he's out of the picture. Injury or or not not coming back, whatever. I mean, Mike Mike Evans is, like, a walking, like, hamstring tear. And you got Gronk. Uh, he is what he is at this point. Love Gronk, but, I mean, Christ, that guy's gotten hit hit in the head so many times. I mean, who do they really got on offense? Um, so, yeah, Brady's back. But might he be on the move again? I don't know. But, I mean, Brady with those weapons that they got in Miami now, that would be that would be a scary thought, and it would be, a, be good for the AFC East Where to see this? them go up against the Bills. Again, this I think these rumors start with these edit guys where they edit the jersey and all of a sudden they put Brady in the teal and it's talking about him throwing a reek, reek and waddle. Oh, man, reek and waddle. Like, you know, I think Tom Brady has had his fill of throwing to, like, domestic abusing wide receivers. I think at this stage in his career, he's probably done with that. He dealt with Antonio Brown, and now he wants to deal with Tyreek Hill? Come on. I mean, this is a ridiculous thing. They would never move him there. Um, why would he want to go play in the same division as the Patriots and the Bills? I mean, it makes no sense. The NFC is wide open. Yeah, but you got to think when he, uh, quote, unquote, retired, he didn't make the official thank you to the Patriots. So maybe he's he's got he's got something up his sleeve for them in, in his final year or years. I'm just saying I saw it, man. And, like, the guy said he retired, and then six weeks later he's not retired. So I'm not rolling anything out with him anymore. Why? uh, The thing I don't get is this Tyreek Hill trade. Like, 
Does that make any sense? They they basically have Tyreek Hill. It's Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I guess the more the merrier. I don't know. I mean, they 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 do, but they didn't have enough to to make the playoffs. I mean, this shit just never works. You 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 you're gonna line up those two guys. It, it ain't gonna work. I'm gonna tell you right now, it ain't gonna work. Because Tua is not gonna be able to deliver the ball on time. He's not gonna be able to flip the ball out at the right time. It ain't gonna work. We need our source that that gave us Derek Carr and Devontae Adams to get on the case here. That's really what we need. Look into this Brady thing, but yeah, I mean that—that's all I got on, on NFL um, basketball. I mean, anything else to add, Bob? I, I got one bone to pick this week, but I don't know if you wanted to get in anything else before we wrap it up here. No, I just—I got—I got to. I've been thinking more about your Howie Roseman text, and um, you know, we could talk offline about who that is, and if if they need a personal call from the bomb himself. Um. But, I, you know, keep that same energy with the Sixers, pal. Keep that 40 same en- bucks on Patreon for a personal call with Bob. Yeah, we'll throw that up there. Keep that same energy with Daryl Morey, who didn't win shit in Houston, ain't going to win shit here in Philly. Keep that same energy with, uh, you know, with Chuck Fletcher. I mean, why is it that Howie Roseman's the guy that just gets killed year after year? I mean, for the for the record, this this listener is like a, a full bore, like we're the city of losers guy. He's not on board with the Sixers. He's not on board with fair, with fair the Flyers. Enough. So fair, fair enough. I mean, I'm all for holding these guys accountable. And the most egregious pick of all of them was the Rager pick. I can't kill him for the Metcalf pick because of the medical uh, exclusion. But um, I mean, the next year he took he took the best receiver in the country. So I, I mean, if you picked Justin Jefferson, you don't have Devonte Smith. I prefer Devonte Smith. I think part of the issue too, and, and I didn't think of it talking about this till right now is that not only did he draft these guys, but they're still on the fucking team. Why can't we cut ties? Like with, with, with Rager. Yeah. With Whiteside, Arthur Whiteside. Well, I think, by all accounts, it sounds like he's a hell of a special teamer, which is just I mean, what you want to hear on, from your second round, second round wide receiver. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's probably some cap implications where these guys, because they're high draft picks, would be dead money for a year or two years or whatever it is, and they figure that cutting them, eating the money in the cap space, and then signing another guy like. Look at what Christian Kirk just got from the Jags. $18 million a year for a number three receiver. The Eagles went up to $13 million. They, they reportedly wanted to offer him $13 million. They didn't go any higher. But a guy like Christian Kirk is marginally better than these. I mean, marginally better than Jalen Rager. Do, do you want to go spend $80 million on that? Or do you want to just let this contract run out? He can you know, basically serve as a body on the roster and, uh, and then you move on and go get another guy later. Come on, man. What the fuck is a body on a roster? I mean, he shouldn't be playing. I mean, that's, that's fucking obvious. This guy should not be playing. At least he shouldn't be getting thrown the ball. Absolutely not. Sounds like a young bomb walking into shenanigans on a Thursday night. 
body on a roster. Yeah. Well, let, 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 let's let's get to the bone to pick. Um, I, I meant to weave this into the Phillies talk last week, but I saw something, and again, we're going to get on local radio. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to bring any names up, uh, but in anticipation of this Phillies season, with the acquisition of Castellanos uh, and Schwarber and the potential of, of these bats, I, I heard... Uh, a host of another show say that that this feels like the anticipation feels feels like the same anticipation that he had for the year when the Phillies had the four races with Hamels, Lee, Halliday, and Roy Oswalt. And I just I just think that that's so off base. It's it's totally out of left field like Castellanos drives one into left field like that that's where this guy is at he's out in left field it's unbelievable I mean yes the lineup's going to be good um, but we have shortfalls on defense um, you know we got our double back doing what he's doing uh, who knows what the bullpen is and and the back end of the rotation like when we had the four when you had the four aces you knew four out of five days you were going to go out there and get six innings of, of two to three run ball at worst. I mean, we, we don't have four or five Babe Ruths in the lineup. You know, we, we got some solid guys, some big bats, but they're prone to cold streaks and, and, and Ks and whiffs and everything. And this guy's comparing it to the four races. Didn't they win over 100 games when they had the four races? Like, and I don't know what the total well, is for this too. team best right team now, but it's got to be like around 80. Would you say the best record in baseball? Yeah, they won 102 games that year. Exactly. Like, is there any chance that that happens with this team? Like, this is the problem with the legacy sports media in Philadelphia. All they're trying to do is get everybody riled up to root on these teams. They set unfair expectations, and then everybody's up in arms when the team doesn't win 100 games or doesn't win the division. This team is a bubble playoff team. We'll see what happens. Um, but to compare compare this and these moves to having the four aces uh, is my bone to pick of the week. Yeah, and, and all those guys were, I mean, Cliff Lee, Cy Young, Roy Halladay, Cy Young, Cole Hamels, World Series MVP, and um, Roy Oswalt, you know, top of the rotation guy for many years. So I, I just, I agree with you. That was a different time in you, here's what I will say. You could say that you're feeling like your excitement is getting to the point where it's similar to, but it, this this is not when they it's not they, even close. Yeah, this is this is that team had already won something and they morphed from a team that bashed your brains in to basically out pitching you. Uh, ultimately, they didn't win, but. Um, I, I just, it's ridiculous to even make that comparison. Disgusting. But I think that wraps us up for the week, right, Bob? I think so, G. All right, so we'll leave everybody with that. Uh, thank you for listening, as always. Thank you to our sponsors, Shamrock Sun, Menard Premium Detailing. Uh, wherever you're listening, drop us a five-star rating on Apple Pods or Spotify. Um, and have a great week and, and to our female followers and listeners 
Uh, we love you. And don't forget who's going to send you a little bit of cash to contribute to a good time and, and who's not. So with that, uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace.